0: We all pod down here. We all pod down here. We all down here. Little solace comes to those who grieve when thoughts keep drifting and walls keep shifting, and this great blue world of ours seems a house of leaves, moments before the wind. Mark Danieluski, House of Leaves.
1: Welcome to We All Pod Down Here. I'm Dan.
0: And I'm Brittany. And this week we're going to do something a little different. Instead of reviewing a movie, we're just going to give you some recommendations of some TV shows and a couple other things that have been interesting in the world of horror lately.
1: Yeah, just kind of stuff that we might not dedicate an entire episode to. Maybe something that's a little going to be a little too much for a whole episode, so we just kind of want to... Like an honorable mentions kind of thing.
0: Yeah, but first, I do want to take a moment to thank Astonishing Legends. Uh, If you haven't listened to their podcast, it's amazing. If you like real deep dives into things that are paranormal or just legends of things, like they do Amelia Earhart, uh, the Beast of Jevoudon. They
1: talk about some supernatural stuff, too, and pretty varying podcasts.
0: Yeah. But so on their most recent episode, it was episode 231, Charles Hoy Fort, Our Supernatural Father, Part 2. I believe ours is the second segue, but I just made a silly little segue for them and was super excited to see that they actually did feature it. And they even tweeted about it. And I was fangirling to no end.
1: It was really cool of them. Thank you so much. Your, your Their podcast is great. It's one of the best ones out there.
0: Pretty well known. In it is, realms. it is. But if you somehow haven't listened to it, highly, highly, highly recommend. And then so for going into though our TV show recommendations, I do want to say up front, there will be no spoilers. Just going to give like some general recommendations and just like a very general overview of what the show's about.
1: So the first show we wanted to talk about is Alice in Borderland. Now this is a show that I've been wanting to watch for a long time. I'm really glad we got to it and even exceeded my expectations, which were really, really high.
0: Yeah. It's a Japanese show. Its basic premise is three friends are just hanging out, running around Tokyo. They're all
1: kind of down on their luck in some way.
0: Yeah. The The one
1: has a really dead-end office job. The one is just kind of... Has really directionless in their life. The main character is very directionless.
0: Yeah, just plays video games all day and yeah. doesn't really do anything else and Dad
1: kinda of looks down on him. Yeah, Brother's kind of the high achiever of the family and he's just kind of the outcast. The one guy kind of works at a dead end bar and
0: gets beat up because he's dating the owner's, owner's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. So But basically they go and they're messing around the real famous intersection in Shibuya. And while they're there, something happens. I forget what exactly that they are running from, like the possible police. They're running
1: around in traffic. Like the traffic lights go and the walk signs are off. So, you know, you're supposed to be out of the crosswalk and they're running around the middle of the crosswalk. Cars are coming and stuff like that. Police start chasing them. They run into a bathroom and
0: they're hiding in there for a moment. And then all of a sudden the lights go out and everything goes dead silent. Now, if you've ever been to Tokyo or even seen videos of Tokyo, Tokyo is not silent in any way, shape, or form. It's like New York. You know, it's very loud.
1: Loud, busy, a lot going on. I mean, not loud, like obnoxiously loud. It's just, it's just a, lot of a lot of, yeah, a lot of people, a lot of things going on. So just general, general, just city noise, I guess.
0: Much cleaner than New York. Yeah. Don't hear a lot of horns honking, though. No. Nah.
1: Don't get a lot of that. No. Nah. Because this YouTube is a little rude.
0: Yeah. So, but so everything goes out and then they come out and there's just like, everyone's fucking gone. Like it is so bizarre to see this and even just like seeing it, I'm like, how the hell did they get all these people to be not there during this time? I'm sure it was like not there, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It was really eerie because you don't see any part of Tokyo typically like that, even at night.
0: Yeah, so they're trying to figure out what's happened, like where everyone has gone, and they flip into another dimension, which I'll tell you, not a spoiler, but just as of right now, we don't fully know what's going on,
1: Yeah, it's... because there's
0: next season's coming out later this year, but...
1: Now, the manga is out there. It is complete, so you can check the manga out. It's supposed to be really good. I really want to read it. It's... A good comparison, kind of, to Squid Game. It predated Squid Game
0: mm-hmm.
1: by a little bit. Good comparison also to like a film like Battle Royale, kind of. In a way, it's like you're fighting in a game for your survival, but it's a real, real crazy twist and it's a real mindfuck in a lot of ways. Yeah.
0: So, basically, the premise though is that three friends are now basically possibly fighting for their lives. And they have to play games that are very deadly, and basically figure out puzzles for some of them. Some of them are they call it like a game of the heart, where they have to like make like really heartbreaking decisions.
1: Think about it; it's symbolized by a deck of cards and the suits of cards. And yeah, things so the like that. higher so like, it is,
0: the more difficult it yeah. is. And
1: each suit has is a different kind of game. I don't want to go too deep yeah, into I, it. I think we should
0: leave it there.
1: But this show's phenomenal. It will tug at your heartstrings it is, it will freak you out. it will make you feel a very run the gamut of emotions really.
0: I gasped a lot, yeah, there was a lot of me going,
1: <gasps> there's a lot of shock, yeah, and the story is really well written, really well told. It's visually just spectacular.
0: yeah, so moving on from that though, in that same realm of. Asian horror being better than American horror, we also have Sweet Home, which is, both these shows are on Netflix, by the way, if I didn't mention that before. Sweet Home is also based on, it's not a manga because it's Korean, it's, uh, they call it a webtoon officially, mm-hmm. I think. I don't know, I'm sure there's another more technical name for it, but, essentially it's an online cartoon
1: yeah. yeah and you can check out the cartoon on the webtoon app it's pretty cool it's free you have you can kind of watch it in phases if you don't want to pay for it you can watch like read like one you can watch the read the first 14 for free i believe and then you can read one a day from there a series on there really long it'll take you years to read if you do that you can also buy it too but it, it is free and accessible
0: yeah Now, I don't believe it's officially been renewed by Netflix just yet. It's rumored that they're probably going to. But basic premise of this is people just start turning into monsters that are based on their desires. And we're mostly focused on this kid who is actually this suicidal teenager. It's hard to explain because it's not like people are infected. Because there's people that get scratched and bit and stuff and they don't change. It almost seems like it's just random that people are...
1: Like a contagion or something like that.
0: Yeah, and it's not like they turn into zombies. No, these are actually like, they transform into like full-on monsters. It's really unique how
1: how they portray these monsters. And there's some of them that you're not really sure like what the basis is. But man, the design is over the top and freaky. Sometimes a little cheesy in a really good way.
0: It reminded me of like early two thousands video game graphics in some capacity, like
1: yeah, like a res
0: like uh, not well Resident Evil, but also something more in the vein of Silent Hill.
1: Yeah, it's a kind of a good amalgamation of some like there's a few there's a few monster designs that reminded me of certain things from both of those properties. Yeah, but unlike the film and most. Versions of Resident Evil that are outside the video games. This was really good.
0: Yeah, it was just... I keep thinking about it, and the music in it is just, like, top fucking notch.
1: Yeah, the music's really an earworm.
0: Yeah, so, again, another one we highly recommend. It's absolutely fucking wild. And, like I said, please, for the love of God, Netflix renew them. Because it's just... It's too good not to renew.
1: Yeah, agreed. It's... If you like monster horror, if you like... Stuff with a really crazy, wild, over-the-top story. And a lot of characters that you're going to really become emotionally invested in throughout the story. A lot of twists and turns. It's phenomenal. We cannot recommend that enough. Yeah. Like, that and Alice in Borderland are some of the best series that we've seen in quite some time.
0: Yeah. In that same vein, also, if I'm not going to go into a ton of detail because these have been out for a while... Which so have Alice in and Sweet Home, but obviously everyone watched Squid, Squid Games. It seemed like that was everyone on Earth was watching. It was the most popular show on Earth for a while. It
1: made me really, really happy that something like that that feels so niche really got mainstream attention because it was so good that it deserved the attention. That doesn't happen super often, especially in the U.S. here. Where something really, really awesome gets mainstream attention that actually deserves the attention. Yeah. This is one of those weird anomalies that a lot of people just bought in and... Thank goodness, because it deserved every accolade it's getting. Exactly. However, I will say, if I have to choose one, I think I like Alice in Borderland a little more.
0: Are we choosing between Alice in Borderland, Sweet Home, and Squid Game? I was more thinking
1: between that and Squid Game, but I would probably take Alice in Borderland over Sweet Home as well.
0: I think I'd do Sweet Home over Alice in Borderland, then Squid Game third, just because I, I get such a kick out of the whole monster thing. and just Yeah, like...
1: I like the puzzle and the psychological elements. Oh for lot. sure. And really like we're talking about these are rated like A plus 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 A plus yeah. plus A plus. <laughs> these yeah, are much. all phenomenal. They're almost nearly flawless.
0: So if you haven't watched Squid Game yet, take a few minutes and do that. Well, by a few minutes I mean a few hours, but Yeah.
1: It's a it's an entire season of series. And that I believe it's been renewed.
0: It has, and it's being remade into an American version because Americans are too stupid to be able to just watch a damn show that was so popular that the entire world watched it. Like
1: that, Train to Busan, you gotta fucking ruin everything, don't you, America? You ruined Death Note.
0: Oh my gosh, I don't want to even talk about Death Note. I'm just going to get mad.
1: Watch the live-action Japanese Death Notes. They are great.
0: Or, re- or read the manga or watch the anime.
1: Yeah, the anime. Is, the anime and the manga are like the... Creme de la creme. Yeah. But those live action Japanese movies are really good. So check them out.
0: Speaking of that same realm of animated things that have been turned into live action, Lock and Key is another one that is absolutely amazing. Now the graphic novel does take a very different turn now from the show.
1: Very different.
0: But it's still really amazing. I'm really excited to see what they keep doing with it. It's also on Netflix. I think everything we've named so far has been on Netflix.
1: Yeah, a lot of Netflix stuff. But they've really, they've they've cornered a lot of that horror series market.
0: Yeah, like you get, for like horror movies and stuff, obviously like Shudder has probably like the bulk of that and everything else seems to be spread out for movies. But when it comes to TV shows, man, Netflix is just knocking out of the fucking park with some of the stuff. Yeah, for sure. And for those that don't know, Lock and Key is a story about the Lock family that moves to, let's see, they moved to Maine after their, I think they were in California and they're
1: his father. father's murdered. Yeah, he's
0: murdered. And the story kind of takes place from there, where they basically they find keys throughout the house that can do various things. So the house they go to is called Key House. Now, in the show, I believe they call that area they moved to Matheson, because, of course, Joe Hill was behind this, which is Joe Hill is Stephen King's son. And Matheson is referencing Richard Matheson, I believe. But in the graphic novel, it's Lovecraft. But I think because there has been some negative stuff, obviously, that's happened around... H.P. Lovecraft being like a gigantic fucking racist. So moving on from Lock and Key though. Can I
1: add something? Yeah. One thing that's a really big difference in the show as compared to the graphic novel series is that the graphic novel series is much more horror based. It's much, a lot of the things that happen are more in the horror realm. It's darker. Yeah, much darker much gorier, much more explicit. So, and the TV show is kind of watered down a little bit from that. It's more made to be more a mystery kind of mystery Mystery drama, supernatural kind of show has some horror elements, like you just said, but it doesn't go full bore like the graphic novel does. If I have a preference, it's the graphic novel for this one, but it's a very different story and it takes a lot of different turns, which is cool Because it's still really, really well done, but it also stands on its own. So Mm -hmm. it's not... Some carbon copies are really good. Some are not. I think this took a different turn, and it's it's so far doing a really good job of it. And it's unpredictable. I don't know where it's going. Yeah, especially
0: with... Again, no spoilers, but the way they ended the second season, Yeah, I'm just like what the fuck's going to happen now?
1: Yeah, it just got really crazy. So Yeah,
0: we'll leave it at that.
1: Check that one out.
0: And then another one, for again, some Mike Flanagan stuff, is if you haven't watched Midnight Mass yet, obviously take the time to do that. That's another one that was actually even better than I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, agreed. Midnight Mass was great. And Mike Flanagan's been on a pretty good roll.
0: Yeah, my biggest issue, of course, with him was with Hush, because, of course, his wife... Kate Siegel, who is an amazing actress, is in just about everything he does, which can be very great, but I do not believe that she should have been the lead in Hush, because they should have actually got a deaf actress for that, which they've both said that they didn't really realize, and they've realized now they need to do better moving forward, which great, but I'd still like to see something happen where they put their money where their mouth is and actually make something, but I'll get off my soapbox of that for right now, but Midnight Mass was great, and of course he also obviously did the Haunting of Bly Manor and The Haunting of Hill House, which are drastically different from the novels. They're like, based on like, it's like they took the general concept of those novels and took a lot of the same characters and then just ran in totally different directions.
1: There's little hat tips to the source material. Oh, for sure. Like them. A lot
0: of the names are the same. They mm-hmm. have like, there's Shirley, which obviously is based on Shirley Jackson, who's the writer of Haunting of Hill House. And Haunting a Blind mariner, of course, is based on Turn of the Screw, which if you look at the episode titles, a lot of the episode titles are Henry James' work, like a lot of his like short stories and stuff like that. And they take a lot of things from his other short stories, so if you know a lot of Henry James, then it's like a million times more amazing. But even if you don't, still amazing shows, both of them.
1: I'm looking forward to the one he's working on right now, The Fall of the House of Usher.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see what he does with that if he ends up. is it, I'm wondering if it's going to be similar to these where it's going to be general concept of mm-hmm. Edgar Allan Poe's work or going to be an actual, like, just representation of that story.
1: Yeah, Mark Hamill's in it, so I'm excited. Yeah, that's going to be great.
0: I'm excited for that. Side note, though, at the end of Haunting a Blind Man, this isn't a spoiler, it's just like one line that's said. The girl says, you know, that the story that was being told the whole time wasn't really a ghost story, it was a love story. And my first thought, because there's a real famous thing that I've read before that Mark Danieluski said which that's the writer for House of Leaves and I was thinking with these being you know Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Blind Man, we're dealing with like you know locations that are haunted and I was thinking House of Leaves was going to be something was going to be done because Mark Danieluski once said that he had someone come up to him at a signing and said you know this really isn't like a horror story it's a love story and he's like you're right but at the same time it's utterly terrifying and just one of the most unnerving books that have ever existed so.
1: I need to read it. And it sounds like the kind of thing that's so complex that it would be really hard to translate to another
0: medium. That's my thing is I was like, I don't know how you could because I feel like the creepiness of House of Leaves is partly the way it's written. Like some things, there's like one or two words on a page and you're meant to like be reading it quickly and turning pages and turning pages. And stuff, the words are like done in like weird angles and stuff like that. And some of it's like backwards and you need a mirror to read it. And it's just like... The whole book's a goddamn unnerving puzzle, and it's so, like so it's like a story clever. within a story within a story. So clever. So for anyone that hasn't read House of Leaves* or doesn't know what it's about, essentially it's a story about this guy who finds this work of this other guy who is translating the work of this other documentary that may or may not have existed. So it's kind of like this well did this first thing even exist does this guy even exist does this exist it's just it's layers upon layers upon layers there's like footnotes to let you know like who's talking when so it's like him transcribing the whole story he read which is based on again this possible documentary type of thing that may have existed and it's basically about this house this family gets that is seems at first just be like the TARDIS it's a little bigger on the inside than the outside which that alone wouldn't seem creepy but it gets really fucking creepy so I'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil anything of it.
1: It sounds like it's sort of like the principle of like a nesting doll. Mm-hmm, like a it thing is. Like a thing within a thing. Reminds me of the movie St. New York. I think I'm saying that right. A Charlie Kaufman movie. Mm-hmm. That's very much about that. It really blurs like the boundaries of fiction and reality. Real mind fuck like pretty much all of Charlie Kaufman stuff. Yeah. But that's a movie that is utterly brilliant. Mm. And it sounds like House of Leaves is kind of in that vein, which yeah. is really great.
0: Yeah. Plus, that, I feel like if you try to turn it into a movie, it just wouldn't be scary as a movie. Like, It's only scary when you read it in that you couldn't make this like an audio book.
1: Yeah. It, it, sounds, it feels like there's, a, uh, unlike there's a too lot much of books, going on. there's a visual element Yeah, to a, to it, which is feels like part of the genius of it.
0: Yeah, But moving on, uh, we just today started watching Archive 81, which is based on a horror podcast. That's going to be something that I think is going to be real fun to dive into. Yeah,
1: no opinion yet. We just started the first episode today.
0: I've heard pretty much nothing but good things, so I'm excited.
1: But it's definitely worth checking out. So far, it's kind of creepy.
0: Yeah, I haven't listened to the actual podcast I always meant to, but there's so many fucking podcasts I listen to. Along with editing and recording our own, so you know, here we are. Yep. So up next we're going to be watching All of Us Are Dead, which is a TV show that's, from what I've grasped from just seeing the commercials, it appears to be just a school that, while school's in session, I guess, zombie apocalypse breaks out and now they, these kids are trapped in the school.
1: Yeah, the school is essentially ground zero for this zombie breakout and trapped that students are trapped and they're trying to survive. Yeah. It's a it, Korean series and looks really, really, really good.
0: Yeah. Other one is Kingdom, we need to watch.
1: Yeah, Kingdom, actually, there's a series, and there's a Japanese movie okay. as well. And they're working on Kingdom 2, a sequel to the Japanese movie right now, which looks like there's a New Japan Pro Wrestler in it, Ooh. which is cool. Togi Makabe is, is a picture of him in it. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was just reading about it earlier today. So I would love to check out both.
0: Yeah, also with other things that are come up and coming is Stranger Things Season 4 is going to premiere on May 27th, fucking finally.
1: Right, and a lot of unanswered questions there. Man, we could do a whole couple podcasts on that. I know, right. But yeah, that's one of the most popular series going right now. Totally understand why. Yeah. Hooked me right on the first note of the theme song.
0: Yeah, and I, I noticed, I saw when I was looking up, double checking like the date it was coming out was the very first episode is called the hellfire club which i feel like most people don't think of this but for us immediately we think of zed guy
1: oh of course it's like, my favorite egg guy album for sure it's so good it's not even close actually that's way my favorite album of theirs. oh for sure same if you like some cheesy power metal with uh it's the guy the main guy Tobias buy from avantasia if you like over the top fun power metal rock check it out yeah Check out all of his stuff. He's a genius. And he's a Bayern Munich fan. Good for you.
0: Yay, Toby. But for anyone that doesn't know, historically, a Hellfire Club is supposed to be, like, this group of people. It was mostly, like, in Ireland this came about, but it was basically supposed to be, like, the secret society of people, and they were supposed to be, like, high societies, you know, aka the upper 1%. But they basically would meet and do, like, quote-unquote immoral acts. And I read something somewhere about it being associated with, I think it's called, like, the... Order of the second circle, which I'm thinking when I heard that, I was like, I don't recall that ever being a thing. And when I googled it, nothing was coming up. And I was like, am I losing my mind? Because I thought it was associated with the Order of the Golden Dawn. But I don't know. If anyone knows how those are all connected, let me know because I'm sure I've heard it once before and I just, for the life of me, cannot remember it at the moment.
1: Like a song a legend says everything's connected.
0: Everything is connected, yes.
1: So kind of moving in a different direction, I wanted to talk about some music. So we are Really, 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 really all about music in a lot of ways. Music is so important to us. And one of the things I love the most about a lot of horror movies is the music. A lot of the really classic synth music is really inspiring John Carpenter, of course. And there's a uh, French artist named Carpenter Brute. I've been a fan of her for a really long time, has done a lot as one of the most well-known artists in Synthwave right now. And Carpenter Brute came out with a new album not too long ago called Leather Terror. And it's a part two of a trilogy. It's like a slasher trilogy. It has a really cool story. I'm not going to go into it completely, but take a look at it. It's really, really cool. Absolutely brilliant album. It's big contender for album of the year for me so far. It's going to be end up top five for sure. It's so good. If you like horror synth music, this is totally for you. You cannot sit on this one. Listen to it like now. Yeah. Or as soon as the podcast is over, go listen to it. And yeah, it stop, has,
0: stop the podcast. Go listen <laughs> to <it> now. Stop.
1: <laughs> and it has some really great guest musicians. If you're familiar with underground metal, like we are, uh, Christopher Rigg from Ulver. It does a guest on a song who's utter legend in black metal and ambient music and whatnot. Tribulation's Johannes Anderson is on the title track and adds like a black metal touch to it, which was really cool. And the first single, The Widowmaker, features Gunship, who's one of the best synthwave acts out there as well. So really, really great piece of music. Get it now. I, I... You've probably heard me listening to this album a hundred times.
0: Yeah, I'm not complaining, but and yeah,
1: it's so good. And keeping with the Carpenter Brute theme, they also provided the soundtrack and were a really integral part of the film Blood Machines that originally came out in like September 2019. We recently watched it about a month or so ago. We watched it was it's on Shutter, so you can check it out on there. It's in three parts. It's totals about 50 minutes or so very eclectic kind of sci-fi sci-fi horror kind of thing really well done very artsy in the best way possible and of course Carpenter Brute provides a soundtrack which is just a absolute earworm. Oh, yeah. Definitely recommend checking that out.
0: And then also for things that are kind of going in a different direction, I've been reading The Cabin at the End of the World, which is by Paul Tremblay. It's such a good book so far. I'm only like 50 pages into it. But if you like, you know, more like the Stephen King-esque kind of stuff, Paul Tremblay's great. Other book that came out I want to say last year was Grady Hendrick's book, The Final Girl Support Group. And that was one that you got me as like a pre-order. I still haven't read it yet, but <laughs> it's sitting up there on my shelf in my to-be-read pile, which just keeps growing, but definitely recommend that. So if you haven't had a chance to read any of Paul Tremblay's work, like A Head Full of Ghosts, Disappearance at Devil's Rock, Survivor Song, all those are good ones to check out. From Grady Hendrix, some of the stuff that I've read some of his stuff before, like I've read My Best Friend's Exorcism and Horror Store, which Horror Store needs to be turned into a movie because it would be so fucking fun. It's basically a haunted Ikea. I mean, that's all you need to know. <laughs> it's a haunted Ikea. I mean, there, there's nothing else that needs to be said about it. It's a, it's wonderful.
1: So he can, has such a good sense. Sort- synth- you got a good cafeteria there. You're all set. Exactly.
0: And he has a book that's also based on, like, a heavy metal group. And, like, he contacted a bunch of people that he knew that were, like, really into metal to make sure he got, like, a lot of the references right. So if you're, like, metal like we do, that's another great one to check out but I think wrapping up here the only other thing I wanted to mention was that apparently Walking Dead just did their mid-season finale on April 10th we are so fucking behind on that show so I can't tell you if it's good bad or indifferent at the moment I can tell you that we finished the comic like a couple years ago and it was amazing
1: yeah the comic was great um the show kind of started getting a little monotonous and creatively got kind of in a dead end in some ways, so we stopped watching it about...
0: Right around the time that Whisperers yeah, were kind of come in.
1: Yeah, it was probably a couple, good couple seasons ago at yeah. least.
0: So we're going to catch up on that at some point, but for those that didn't know, this is the final season. I think it's supposed to start up back in like the fall this year, like I think August or September. Yeah. So... If you want to catch up and because we need to catch up and just try to finish that up, just to say we finished it. Yeah,
1: I want to finish it because I mean I really enjoyed the story for a lot of it. We just it's just kind of.
0: It's just there's no way they can end it anymore like they ended the. Uh,
1: the comic, no. <laughs>
0: that I, and I will tell you why in case you haven't caught yeah, up the I show don't or spoil didn't read that the, or it's didn't read quite, the comic. But
1: quite shocking.
0: There's a lot of things that are vastly different at this point. So
1: yeah, overall the comics. A- better better story, better overall arc, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. I think the problem is they're just, they tried to do... They're running in circles. Well, I think the problem is that with the show, they wanted to make things different, which I understand Like different people have died and various things like that. But that said, you also have this issue of them trying to change it and now getting themselves like stuck because of the fact that things have gone so different to the point that like the show can't even end the same way anymore.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, when we last were watching it, Rick was, like, taken off in a helicopter, and he was total off the show, because Andrew Lincoln left the show, and I don't know if they're going to bring him back in any capacity.
0: I think that he's supposed to be probably coming back for the end of it, but, I mean, he might be back now, and I don't even know, so. Yeah, it's true. Don't trust our word on any of this.
1: It's how far we behind we are on this.
0: I I was so fucking excited for The Whispers, and then we just... Stopped watching, so I was like, yes, The Whisperer War is one of the best arcs, and I was all excited, and then I just, no, stopped watching. Yeah. We'll catch back up at some point. Yep. Yeah, but, but with that, I think, anything else you want to recommend? Because I think that's everything I can think of at the moment.
1: Listen to Carpenter Brute, and listen to Perturbator 2, and Ghost. They're kind of like the big three of dark, poor synthwave, and they're all phenomenal. Can't get enough of them.
0: Yeah. And then I guess also will say for next week, we're going to, if you want to watch a movie before our episode next week, we're going to be watching. Uh, do you want to call it just Alive? Hashtag Alive? How, how? I guess Hashtag Alive? That's, that's pound Sign Alive.
1: Pound Sign Alive. It's, that's, see, that's as all, oh, I've always known it as the pound sign throughout my entire life. Pound or number, either mm-hmm. way. And when people started calling it a hashtag, I'm like, no, it's the pound sign, you fucking cretins. <laughs>
0: However you want to consider it. The Korean zombie film, which, in case it's not obvious, we love Asian horror because it's vastly superior most of the time. It's
1: just the stories are just so good and unique and well carved out and there's so much care in it. And it's not convoluted crap.
0: At least for modern stuff, I should say, because... There's a lot of stuff that isn't modern that, like you know, you're going back to a lot of the original, like Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, and stuff that obviously can't be touched. But that said, for stuff that's coming out right now, man, they're just knocking it out of the goddamn park.
1: For sure. And one other thing I wanted to mention, really quick, in the, synth, the kind of horror synthwave thing, Dance with the Dead, who are absolute legends, they have a recent album, Driven to Madness, which is really, really awesome, and we're going to be seeing them live tomorrow.
0: Woohoo! Go us. All right, well, with that, this has been We All Pod down here. I hope you enjoyed our recommendation episode. And we'll get back to probably our normal stuff next week. But we got some other st- comparison stuff coming up. We're going to compare A Tale of Two Sisters and...
1: The Uninvited.
0: The Uninvited. That's the... See, it's so forgettable. Yeah, it kind of is. In case that's not a obvious which one we prefer. But <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to review this probably in a week or two. And then we're also... And that might end up being like a two-part one because i have a lot to say about both of them yeah uh but yeah i think with that enjoy the homework yeah enjoy enjoy the homework let us know what you think and if there's any recommendations that you have please let us know hit us up on any of the social medias we're on there sometimes so yep we're around yep with that thanks for listening to we all pod down here i'm Brittany, and i'm dan bye thank you for listening don't forget to rate review and subscribe
1: our logo was designed by emmanuel arroyo
0: Our website is weallpoddownhere.com
1: Email us at weallpoddownhere at gmail.com
0: And you can follow our shenanigans at weallpod on Twitter
1: And at weallpoddownhere on Instagram and Facebook
0: And feel free to suggest a movie you want us to review
1: Or if you just want to suggest something to make me really uncomfortable Be afraid, be very afraid